please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler up 87. Bohemian Rhapsody. Chris, are you ready for this? Galileo, Galileo. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We have a first-time guest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, comedian's never been on the show. Also a filmmaker, Grant Lyon. How hey, are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks Appreciate for doing it. this. He's got his voted sticker. You oh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, before we get into Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. You directed a movie, Killer Kate. I didn't direct it. I was actually just one of the... the Big ang- the leads in it. Uh, I don't have any of my information. Right <laughs> Before the show, I was like, "You did a doc." He's like, "Nope, scripted movie." It was the um, it was the closing film of the Shriekfest film festival. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I didn't get a chance to see it, but Neil saw it, so he'll be uh, talking about it on the site. He hasn't finished his article yet. Oh, oh okay. What was it yeah. like working on the film? Oh, it was great, man. Uh, since you didn't you know, direct it. Yeah. You've been, been lying to me this to, entire time. <laughs> I just got to waltz in and play a funny part and then waltz out of there, you know? Uh, no, I mean, it's a horror comedy and definitely my part is the comedy. <laughs> so that's fun to like be part of, like you just get to come in and be like, hey, I know you guys have had a real uh, bummer morning, but now jokes. <laughs> you know? Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm like this, I play like this neurotic killer that is just uh, really worried the whole time. So that was like a fun... Like a Woody Allen serial killer. Yeah, I mean, literally, that is honestly kind of what I was doing. It was like, no, 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 don't break those windows. They're real expensive. They're floor to ceiling, you know? like Just stuff like that. Uh, And it's fun to be part of like a horror film because of all the practical effects and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I work on comedy so much, so I don't get to see like, ooh, I got a steak sticking out of my chest yeah, that's fun nah. I get to walk around see how that gets done you know? it's fake blood yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it did it had a limited theatrical release and now it's on Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. stuff so you know it it was fun it's a, I enjoyed it it's like multiple serial killers and then uh, Kate the, and her friends kind of fight back is yeah the to... premise of the film is there is this family who runs a sort of Batesian roadside motel and nobody's staying at their hotel anymore because of home sharing apps. Mm -hmm. And so they get the brilliant plan to buy a home and then put it on a home sharing app and then murder people in the house (laughs) to give the home sharing app a bad name so that people will come back to their their real pros, let me tell you. And so the movie follows a bachelorette party that has rented out this home Mm -hmm. for the weekend and this family of amateur killers that is trying Mm -hmm. to kill them. Yeah, that's um, great. But then it, you know, it turns on its head where then these girls really take their power back and mm-hmm. maybe start going on the offensive. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, that's how you fight killers. Yeah, mm-hmm. just become a serial killer yourself. You know, you know you're, uh, you know, you want to finish that bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you start, it's a whole weekend. They they rented it for the whole weekend. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. get their money's worth. I mean, pretty much the whole movie, I'm just like the reluctant person in the family. I'm like, I feel like we should come up with a better plan than this, right? (laughs) Nobody? I'm the only one? I mean, I'm going to do it because you're doing it, but I mean, I'm not happy about it. (laughs) Well, cool. Killer Kate on Amazon Prime. Yeah, thanks. 
And uh, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors for well, this. Oh, let's bang them yeah. out. Let's yeah. get them going. Now we um, now if we if we, if we get back right now, Patreon is a little under a thousand. If we get past over a thousand again, we can do the two spoiler reps yep. a month. Right now we're uh, we're at one, and this is it, ladies and gentlemen. But sometimes we do two anyway. You know, it uh, it happens. It depends on the uh, schedule. But, uh, we're doing two this month. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like a hard and fast we're, we're rule. We're doing Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody yeah. and Overkill. Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> Overlord uh, or whatever. You know, um, we just like you guys to get us over a thousand. <laughs> what we're doing. Um, so Overlord. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I we're don't know doing. Why I keep uh, calling it Overkill. And uh, uh, we really appreciate you guys at the fifty dollar ad tier, and uh, we want to. Uh, Plug your wares. Let's do it. So Johnny Rulon is promoting his novel, Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and our mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project. It produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Uh, please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. Audacityperformingarts.com. Is that the sound of a dog drinking? That's Aaron's dog. <laughs> yeah. He's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> or we have a or really chewing. loud fountain. Yeah. He's a, real thirsty from all that laying around. Yeah, you I know. know. It's wearing him out. <laughs> uh, from Chris Parker Howard, we have Coffee Over Suicide. It's a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast and Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Google Alice Frazier Trilogy for more info. And Rebecca Evans, the arts podcast, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves, we find our own art in life. If you want to hear some fun stories and get inspired, check out the art. Facebook.com slash the art podcasts with an S. And a uh, new Patreon ad tier uh, from Scott Ryan Hart, the Night Watchman. It's a graphic novel that he's doing on Kickstarter. And um, it's about a story of a hero who clubs down evil with flashlights and shines light into the darkness. And that guy is not working his day job at the local Home Depot. It's an illustrated novel that will be contributed to by about 30 artists, ranging from fantasy game illustrators, cartographers, storyboard illustrators, to well-known comic book artists. So check it out. Information, go to ninthpointstudio.com. That's nine, the number, ninth, T-H-P-O-I-N-T-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. All right. Thanks, Patronis. Thank you, guys, for supporting the show. Go to patreon.com slash comedyfilmnerds, and we can read your business or story or whatever. So let's get into Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Now, one thing I didn't want to say uh, on the regular episode I want to talk about in the spoiler, there, I really felt like there was almost like an error or a, um, an editing glitch, and I'll tell you which. Uh, first, let me just say this. Yeah. Spoiler episode. Mm-hmm. So if you've never listened to one of these before, we're going to talk about everything in the movie, the ending, key elements. Right. We're going to reveal it all. So if you have mm-hmm. not watched this movie and don't want it spoiled, pause. Go watch the movie. Yes. Come back. Mm-hmm. Or if you have no intention of ever seeing the film. That, that's what just many of you. Yeah. If we know yeah. that many of you, <laughs> you, 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 the, you use these spoilers to it's go, like, oh. Now I don't have to go to the movie. I don't have to watch mm-hmm. that dumb movie. Yeah. Um, so the movie... 
uh, and justifiably so, and it should have done this, it explores Freddie Mercury's sexuality at mm-hmm. the beginning, where he's struggling with it. He has a girlfriend at the beginning. He uh, they get he married. Gets, he gets married. Yeah, and uh, you know he doesn't come out as being gay. They actually just get engaged. They do not get. Married. They do, they just get engaged. Yeah. So they don't they don't they don't quite get to the marriage, but uh, they, he doesn't come out as being gay. And um, which I find interesting, the only one who really um, knows he's gay is his wardrobe, because he's dressing fairly <laughs> flamboyantly before he comes out as, as gay. And uh, um, she like, works in, no, a, in a woman's yeah, clothing yeah, store, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. shops there, yeah, and yeah, that's how they uh, fall in love. Mm, there's uh, there's no hints there. Uh, so. <laughs> What what I found really just inconsistent was that uh, first of all he's naming the band Queen, okay, and you haven't come out yet. No, this is just well. Now that was interesting because the, they named a Queen because they're from the UK, right? Okay, that was that I'll was, buy well, that. And Freddie Mercury said like he liked that it was Queen was just whatever you wanted it to be, right? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it it could be about sexuality, it could be about mm-hmm. the actual Queen of England, mm-hmm. it could be about so right. much different stuff. Now, the scene I'm talking about was a random scene in the studio, uh, or when they were in that farmhouse that was quote the makeshift studio, and one of the other band members was getting mad and it was about to throw something, and he goes, "Oh, there's only room for one hysterical Queen in this band," <laughs> and. I realized, but he hasn't come out yet. He's still with a girl. <laughs> like, he hasn't actually, you know, come out as gay. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, if you made that comment, does that mean that is him coming out? Like, what? how is this match with the rest of the film? Well, I think at that point, they've already they've already been watching him hook up with dudes on the road. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. dumb. Well, I thought yeah. this was kind of before. Like, like I like knew Todd a- Glass was gay well before he yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> But, like... Uh, this it, it it like um the film made such an effort to really show that like he doesn't know he's gay yet he's with this girl and like he's he hasn't really explored that side of himself but yet I, and then uh then they put this kind of just like scene in the middle where it like it, it calls him out he's literally calling himself out on it but we haven't seen any of that in the film yet well wait a minute no we had there's that scene where he's calling her from the truck stop and she's like, I really miss you. And then this trucker kind of gives out, gives him the look. Yeah. Oh, the I he see. Follows that yeah, guy yeah. in there. All right. Yeah, and and I mean, we, does we've he follow all... the guy in there, or he just kind of looks at him? Well, that's what they're insinuating. I, I took sure. it as he, yeah. I yeah. took it as he went. Oh, I'm going to see what's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm he went. Oh, you've piqued yeah. my interest. Yeah. You know? Trucker uh, with the tight jeans. I'm gonna yeah. Go, I'm gonna go. <laughs> but we've all known people like that when they're like, I got to sit you down and I got to tell you something. I'm gay, and you're like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we all, yeah. Mm-hmm. everybody knows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was the same way with this. Mm-hmm. Was when he finally, you know, said the words. Everybody was like, "Yeah, great." Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone kind of already knew. Yeah, especially we've all moved on. <laughs> what was interesting about you know his girlfriend that was like, uh, um, you know, they set up this whole like, "All right, this is going to be the talk. Like, we're going to have this conversation." What's wrong? What's bothering you? Mm, I think you know. I think I think you have a pretty good idea what's wrong <laughs> and what's bothering him. Um, the, he doesn't want to be in this relationship with someone of your gender. That's well, I, that's what's going on. You know, he tried to say that he was bisexual too, and I wonder if he was if the real Freddie Mercury did hold to that for a while. If right. he I don't was know. really that's a great trying question. not Aaron? to, yes. Aaron was he bisexual? No, but he he thought he was, mm. and then it was just clearer and clearer that he was just into dudes. Mm. Yeah, okay. but it was he stayed with that girl. I mean, he was his best friend for life. But. So. Th- and then think about like because that coming... was real quick. I'm sorry, but that was true though that he like moved her 
when he became crazy famous and bought the big yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. place with the rooms for his cats that he moved she to was the one that took care of him at the end yeah. of his life and yeah. all that sort of i mean he mm. left most of his estate to her wow yeah he left the big mansion to her he left like a ton of money to her all that sort of stuff uh well and jim the guy who became freddie's partner for the last seven years six or seven years of his life that you see that was the sort parasite. of at the end of right. no not no, the no, guy who the, was the, the parasite oh, guy. Guy yeah, the, yeah. yeah the guy with the mustache that he kind yeah. of connects with at the end of the film who that was his actual partner one of the catering staff uh, and then yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which was completely fabricated by the way oh was it yeah oh, yeah he was yeah. not uh, on the catering staff they met mm-hmm. at a gay bar oh uh, interesting yeah uh, now, why would you change that? that? This is why would you change that? We talked about this in the regular yeah. episode. They made so many dumb changes. Like that makes yeah. the, that makes me dislike the movie more. It yeah. just is convenient, right? It's convenient storytelling where mm. I don't have to like build this other. I can do two things. I can show that he was a person who partied and didn't have any real friends, and a person that met this dude Jim, and mm. I can just combine those scenes in those locations right yeah and yeah we have, all right, we have one last location we're gonna save fifty thousand dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh but he actually didn't leave a lot to jim and then when after freddie died and mary uh took over the mansion that he had she actually kicked jim out she was like you can't you can't live here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> that's nuts all right, so let's get into Grant. Because we never saw the end of that end of his life, really. I mean, the movie ends at Live Aid. The movie ends no, at Live yeah. Aid, which mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. Okay, and he so, hadn't, he hadn't actually even been diagnosed with AIDS yet at in, Live Aid. in real life yeah. by that time. He got diagnosed in 1987. Live Aid was in 1985, and he tells the band during the yeah. Live Aid rehearsal in the movie. So that's like a big fabrication of the movie hmm. too why would they do that why would they and they ran be- out of film there's not enough to show after Brian live Singer that was stopped it. showing up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He took the rest of the film with him <laughs> well and it makes it more i gotta tell you man i that live aid scene went on way too long but boy did it make me cry in yep. multiple mm-hmm. moments you know and i don't if he hadn't have just told his bandmates that he was diagnosed with AIDS would it have had that emotional it has impact? An, theatrically, probably yeah, not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Theatrically, well, yeah, cinematically. Yeah. Let's let's ask you this, Grant. So so in the regular episode, you know, Chris and I and Matt Weinhold didn't. The three of us didn't really like it. Aaron, at any point you want to weigh in, Aaron oh, said, "Loved it." You loved it. <laughs> loved it. All right. And loved you were it. crying at the end too, right, Aaron? Yep. Okay. So, Grant, let me ask you this. How did you overall? So, so you were emotional during the end. Over, like what? What really connected with you? Because I, at that point, was kind of like, "Oh, I'm going to see their whole 20 minute set." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, exactly it clearly went on way yeah. too long. Mm-hmm. That Live Aid stuff was like, "Oh, don't you have more?" Like, th- this feels like you're putting this in place of storytelling. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there, it is, there's another 10 to 15 a, minutes yeah. of story that we're missing yeah. while we're on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that there were problems like that, and. I would say my overall impression of the movie is I liked it, but I didn't love it because there are, (laughs) there are, you know, things like that where I'm like, well, this is a real problem. You know, I think one of the other problems about, uh, biopics where, you know, I mean, I like queen and I like Freddie Mercury. So the movie didn't really tell me anything I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And, some biopics do that. Like, if you saw Ray, like, I, I liked Ray because there, there were things that I felt like I learned about Ray right. Charles that mm-hmm. I didn't know already. 
And in this movie, there was nothing I learned. Well, I knew they, Freddie Mercury. Knew that he was gay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Yeah. I yeah. mean, how did he keep that I mean, secret it was real for so shocking. long? Yeah. But, well, you know, I knew that he, you know, uh, you know, had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I knew that he then, you know, stayed friends with her. I knew that mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with AIDS. I knew that he, they were doing this rock opera sort of stuff that nobody had done before. I mean, all of, there was nothing new. There were no new revelations right. in the film, which is, I think, a problem. Well, yeah. I, well, that's a good point because I, I said this in the regular episode and this is, and I'm not excusing Brian Singer or anything crazy, <laughs> but just a, that a biopic filmmaker has to figure, has to make this decision. I know Queen, I liked them. I wasn't a massive fan, but there was stuff that I, that I did learn in this okay. because like I didn't know he was like Indian. And mm. and had to, and changed his name and I mean I assume Freddie Mercury I'm assuming that wasn't his yeah, real name yeah, but yeah. I didn't know uh, that his name was you know Farouk whatever Farouk Balsara Farouk Balsara right yeah. and his and his the, the stuff with his dad and his mom and I didn't know that that was interesting to me the specifics of Bohemian Rhapsody and the historical context of it I just I knew that song wow that's cool it's a big rock opera I didn't realize that at the time and that. That you know there was a, a an executive or whatever somebody high up went no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way it's got to be three minutes six minutes is too yeah. long and so that what that actually stuff was interesting for me that, that's actually the stuff I liked the most too mm-hmm. where it was that whole idea of this isn't gonna get played on the radio right where I never I never knew that at all um, but I do feel like you know well, one thing I didn't know speaking of that the Bohemian Rhapsody this is never gonna get played on the radio but then when they did force it to finally come out that the reviews were terrible oh yeah, song. yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know I don't, yeah. I, don't re- I didn't remember that you know but that, I thought that was really interesting because it's like a classic and then when it got re-released it got famous yeah you know? Like, I wonder how many other songs that people might change their mind about if it was released again. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. And so that, in those things, there are, I'm like, there's problems. But I but I can't say that I didn't like the movie because I probably cried on four separate occasions. Mm-hmm. in the like. And how many movies do I see that have no power to move me at all? Right. Right? That don't, that don't make me feel anything. And I went with uh, my buddy Dave Waite, who, if you uh, He's don't been on know, the show. yeah, if for anybody who doesn't know Dave, wait, Dave is a guy. If you try to express your emotions to him, he will literally call you a queef. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I looked over, and Dave cried in multiple. Mm-hmm multiple periods during the film and I never when see he him saw cry. that you saw him cry did he punch you in the face yeah I mean he was like he was like oh man I felt like a real bitch and then I saw you crying and I felt better <laughs> <laughs> but so I would say that that's like a good aspect well, yeah, of the, the thing. film yeah if, if a you movie know? moves you then it did its job yeah for yeah, sure yeah 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 I, I, I wasn't really I wanted to be maybe Part of the reason why I wasn't that moved is there was these two like teenage girls sitting next to me. They came in late. <laughs> They're on their phones. The entire time. They're so you're talking, just mad the whole time. Annoyed, <laughs> and I finally went, I, I find after about 15 minutes of that, I kept sort of looking at them and the glare of their screens, and I finally just went, stop talking. Yeah. And I didn't they didn't make a noise at the sound. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And I had forgotten that they were there after and that. And then point. maybe <laughs> you're like, man, I should have done that earlier. I should have done <laughs> right? that the minute yeah. they sat down. Yeah, yeah. But so had I been sitting more alone, maybe I would have been more into it. But again, 
I never, I didn't, I've never disliked Queen, but I yeah. never was like, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just was like, oh, wow, cool. And I yeah. really like, I really like Rami Malek. I think he did a great Dude, job. He was fantastic. Well, yeah. and, I, and I was worried about that because in, in my estimation, Freddie Mercury is the greatest rock and roll singer of all time. Maybe not the greatest singer of all time. Amen, brother. Yeah. The greatest greatest rock and roll singer. They're just, he had so much range. He had so much style. He had so much emotion in his voice and all that sort of stuff. And so I'm terrified of trying to do someone pull it off, right? Because you're never going to be Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury was amazing. Yeah. And I thought Rami Malek did such a great job. Yeah, he did really well. Like, he mm-hmm. just owned it so much. And you just, he he had all of the, and you know, he actually did some singing in mm-hmm. it. You know, mostly, it's mostly uh, from weird, like recordings and that sort of stuff. The weird thing but. it was, uh, when I read about this, it was actually a combination, which is yeah. Yeah. very, very odd. Like, it, Canadian singer Mark Martel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Voice he was in the, the official. He was in the official Queen tribute band. Yeah. Uh, until recently. Oh, really? So, so what yeah. they did is they used a mix of his voice and Freddie's together on top of Malik's. Yeah. So it Interesting. was. It, yeah. He said the singing was seamlessly mixed with both Freddie and Martel. So it, it's really, uh, uh, you know, I wonder if audio technology has increased to the point where they can yeah, do yeah. more things with it now than they could maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. But it sounded fantastic. Totally. Mm-hmm. The thing I liked, too, about, about Rami Malek's performance was the, the thing about performers. And, I mean, you see this, like, in the Lady Gaga documentary or whatever, someone of that massive... That, that and, still, by the way, took her name from that song, Radio Gaga. Oh, so, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I yeah. never knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that all performers have, we all can identify with this, is the bold confidence to go on stage and say, I'm going to take command of this room, and then just crippling uh, self-doubt. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, just... Cri- and, and, and he said... You know, I forget who he was talking to at what point in the movie, but Rami Malek says, you know, I need this. It's it's the between moments yeah. that are so hard to navigate. And it's like, God, I so identified with that. Because yeah, totally. I literally just came off the road. I just did, uh, you know, the Progressive Comedy Tour uh, in Sacramento and San Francisco, just two nights. But they were awesome shows and everyone was there to see us and it was so cool. And then I come home and I've had that where... Yeah. Then I'm home. I'm not performing. I'm just home alone one mm-hmm. night, and I'm just like I'm sitting there going, "I'm doing nothing. My life is empty." And it's well, just you, like Jesus. You <laughs> get why? I mean, I get why so many performers are alcoholics yeah. or drug addicts, right? Because you go from being the center of attention, everybody loves you, everybody's telling you how amazing you are, to they all go home. With their husbands and their wives mm-hmm. and their children and stuff like that. And then you go sit in a hotel room by alone. yourself mm-hmm. 15 minutes later mm-hmm. after you were just on top of the world. Yeah. You know? And it. And it's they like, go, and then in the car ride home, they're like talking, and you're so yeah. great, and that joke, and, and you're, you're just, just so alone. cool after the show. Mm-hmm. And then you're in a hotel room flipping through cable going, oh, God. Yeah. I've seen this already. I've yeah. Seen this already. <laughs> oh, this is why I canceled my cable four years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it, it is a thing. And, and I would imagine. That the bigger you go, the more dark and quiet yeah, it gets. Yeah, when you're performing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chanting yeah, yeah. your song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where do you go from Live Aid? 
Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that was, the, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest concerts ever. Actually, that was the biggest concert ever. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I wish the movie had done, too, is that, you know, one of the things I know just from, like, music history or whatever is that their performance really stood out right. in Live Aid. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got no sense of that. You got the sense of them doing a good performance. A set, but there, yeah. But there was no sense of, like... You know, they don't even include Led Zeppelin's performance when they release uh, the, like, video of it anymore. Mm. Led Zeppelin doesn't well, want it. Well, this movie should have... Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe the movie should have taken an additional 20 minutes and shown <laughs> yeah. some of the other bands. Well, so <laughs> Here's what I wish they would have done. Instead mm-hmm. of, Well, first, when they start with him walking on stage for Live Aid at the very top of the movie, I go, all right, so are you going to end with Live Aid? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, pretty yeah. clear where the movie <laughs> yeah. was going. And I really, that end. always mm-hmm. that always kind of bothers me because um, I get that it was a clear choice, and, I, and I'm not saying I 100% disagree with this choice of saying, well, everybody knows or most people know about his being diagnosed with HIV and dying from AIDS and, yeah. you know, that... that era in the 80s where a lot of big name people that was happening to and there was AIDS fears and all this stuff so we just want to focus on his career or whatever and I was just like especially learning now that he hadn't told he hadn't been diagnosed till two years after Live Aid and they fabricated this whole band breaking up thing when the reality was in 83 they were just burnt out they just said let's yeah, just take yeah. a break mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't break up and yeah. it was like you know so his solo career didn't go well and I need you and all this so it was sort of just like it, it, it just fell into cliche yeah bio rock pick totally film of like it's a trap a lot of them kind of fall they into. fall into this yeah. man and it's just like you you could have you could have done so many interesting things You and they just again I said this in the regular episode I you know when it comes out that he's gay and MTV pulls him it's just one scene I think they should have focused more on that because yeah. show me a three-act structure. Show me the kid that's a baggage handler that decides to join this band and kind of forces them to take, you know what I mean? And and then their rise. And then the third act should have been him, you know, in the 80s, massive star, live aid, and then being diagnosed and how, and you, you kind of missed an opportunity yeah. to show audiences, especially a younger audience, you know, if you're younger, you don't, you didn't gr- grow up. Maybe you didn't hear a lot of that that AIDS paranoia. No, uh-uh. that uh, the homo, the rampant well, homophobia that came as a, as a result of that, and 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 I wondered if if that was somewhat the choice because Freddie Mercury himself really didn't want to be a poster uh, child for AIDS. You know, I mean, he didn't sure. announce publicly. He announced. He got diagnosed in 87 and told his bandmates, but he didn't announce publicly that he had AIDS until the day before he died. Right. And so I wondered if that was like trying to honor him in some sense of like, we don't want to make this all about his struggle with sure. AIDS because that's not what he wanted in life. And you know, you know what? Me, if that's the reason, that's a valid reason. Yeah, because yeah. there is that scene and it's a great scene in the film where he goes, I'm not going to be their poster boy. Yeah, that, right. That, I like that yeah, I mean, cautionary tale. Oh man, that made me cry. Yeah, that so whole. that was like, oh, bold, good for him. So if that's yeah. the, if that was the filmmaker's choice, okay, great. Then because yeah. you, you wonder too, like, uh, uh, was he approached to do PSAs? Like, was that something where you know this is a big celebrity with this um, with this virus? 
he could do some good if we put him in some pee. And it was, uh, you, you know, you wonder if he was approached to do yeah. that. Yeah. If that did happen, I think that would be more interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. mean, I, obviously, you have to show you have to show Live Aid. Yeah, yeah. But right. making that the last 20 minutes of a movie that's probably 30 minutes too long? <laughs> yeah, not a great choice. Well, and mm-hmm. okay, let me ask you that cuz I felt like this was a was a problem with this movie, but is it a problem with Justice movie or is it a problem with biopics in general? Is that it it does sometimes feel like just sort of a slow march to an inevitable ending, right? Like we we kind of know what's going to happen, so it nothing's that interesting it's just kind of like okay and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and i felt like that's what this movie was some and is that a problem with this movie specifically or is that a problem with biopics where you kind of know the ending already i think it might be a little of both actually where it's a you know it's a problem with the structure of biopics but no one's really figured out a way or is uh taking any risks on doing something different with the formula yeah yeah Yeah, and i also i I'd like to see some different, you know, take some risks with the formula, which I'm wondering. I saw, I don't know if they showed the Elton John trailer before. No, they didn't. So before Bohemian Rhapsody, they showed the Elton John trailer. That looks like they're going to really mess. They're going to not mess, but they're going to really play with or try some different, go outside the biopic standard framework well right. you also uh have the big difference of your subject being alive or passed away sure. mm-hmm. so uh, but i want to um i want to go back to saying this though uh in terms of the, the question about is, is this a problem of biopics in some cases i think some filmmakers just go well yeah we're going to do a, a dramatized version. It's not a documentary. Yeah, so yeah. this is, and, and for me, I, I, I always kind of accept that caveat a little bit because I, I, I y- yeah, this is what happened. So I always get mad when they change stuff. Cause I'm like, don't do that with the truth, with, with the reality of what happened. This person had such an interesting life. You don't need to add crap to it Yeah, yeah. Um, or take stuff away or whatever. And I think to me, like, Walk the Line is a real is another biopic that I really I like Ray and I like Walk the Line. Yeah. Um and I think Walk the Line did a good job of showing the to me what it should be is the behind the scenes that we didn't get to see. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I thought Ray did a good job because I right. didn't know how much Ray struggled with drug addiction right you know and that movie really delved into that or you know it stands Uh, on racism and you know yeah what happened in the state of georgia yeah Mm -hmm. totally he was banned from that state until the like the late 90s or 2000 for sure i wasn't aware a lot of that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's what i feel like and i didn't i did not feel like bohemian rhapsody really did a deep dive into stuff we didn't know right about the Mm -hmm. band or freddie mercury Mm -hmm. so that's a good point i want to so Aaron, give us your full take on this film. As I mean, a fan. As a fan, I thought they did as good a job as I think you can. Uh, with the band as, as hands-on as they were. That's a good um, point. You know, and not getting too salacious, not getting too... I mean, there's already... I don't know if Grant has seen these as well, but there's already like two really great documentaries about the band. Uh, I have them both on Blu-ray. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. So, yeah. like, what I are already the names had, of those docs, Aaron. Uh, one was called "Those Were the Days," uh, and the other is "The Great Pretender." Okay, Freddie Mercury. 
So yeah, you can check those out if you want the absolute facts. I mean, one I think one of them is is like uh, I think those are the days is like almost three hours long. Oh wow! Um, mm. So you can get in there, and I've read yeah. a giant massive book. Um, so I know a lot, and uh, the fact that it could still do what it did change things up and then still get me in the end mm-hmm. and to see Rami Malek really really do all the moves from from Live Aid and everything I mean mm-hmm. I mean there were times you forgot yeah it wasn't 100% right yeah you know which is impressive that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what carries the film for me at least yeah yeah so so then Aaron I mean I know we asked you in the regular episode but go into a little more detail since there's you know all of this stuff mm-hmm. and they took several fairly sizable liberties with it yeah how how were you able to not let that piss you off and take you out of the film i don't know i just kind of i'm at peace with that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it it just to me it just it told of a dramatic story dramatically and like i don't know if it would have had the same like punching impact if it had gone if we just watched him melt away like like yeah. in reality, you know, it, mm. it, it mm. might have just ended way sadder, you know, because <laughs> that's how it really kind of went. Because mm-hmm. they do end on the image of them at Live Aid, and then they show a photo of him of them actually at Live Aid, and you see the photo of him on step that the whole band on stage in this massive hundred thousand yeah, person right. stadium, mm-hmm. going holy shit. Well, and in and in some sense. Like what Aaron was just saying, the movie ended on a positive note rather than a negative note, right? right? I mean, maybe that's one of the the creative choices was saying, you know, we're going to end with this guy being an amazing performer even in the face of Mm, this terrible diagnosis. Mm. That he knows is a death sentence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that time it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rather than this sort of slow melt away that, you know, if you ever saw pictures of of freddie in his last public appearance which was what like three weeks before he died or mm-hmm. something like that i mean it's it's like hard it's hard to look, look at mm-hmm. you know i think and again like going back to ray where they, at the end of, the, of ray they give the statistics on some of it and also how then they show actual ray charles being welcome back to the state of Georgia because he was banned from the state yeah, of Georgia yeah, right. when he took And now season. his song is the official is the state official song. song. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wish... And all the f- movies are being made there now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish we would have got some more kind of... Li- if you're going to end on Live Aid, then tell me how much Live Aid raised, how much oh, came yeah, in yeah. during those guys' mm-hmm. set. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, give me some of that. Yeah. I would have liked a little more. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it's so funny listening Aaron to your you just said I, I'm, I'm good with it because you just got to see a dramatization of, of your favorite band yeah yeah I yeah, get yeah. it I get it and <laughs> everyone, much, everyone pokes all these holes in the very dark much, night and very much in their personality too like yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know knowing enough about Brian and how he and how well, they all operate with each other and and how they were just like, yeah, you're gay. It's fine. Like, yeah. And then he's like, I, and literally that, that it happened the way they show it in the movie. Like, I know I have this death sentence. I want to make as much music as possible. And they put out like five albums. Yeah. Know, released the last one posthumously, like with everything he had left. Yeah. You know? 
It's mm-hmm. well, and do you guys know why, like Brian May and some of the other band members weren't that happy with the film? Like, what was their gripe with it? I think they're happy with this version. I think they, they are. They weren't with okay. Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen uh, version that well, never got made. Because I was, you know, leave, uh, upon leaving the film, I was like, man, I think this film really puts all the band members in a pretty good light. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it mm-hmm. shows that they were all part of the creative process, that mm-hmm. they, you know, it wasn't just Freddie Mercury and three random guys. Well, right? they, they, they made a specific point uh, at the press conference. It's like, well, you're the leader of the band. No, I'm the lead singer of the yeah, band. I'm yeah. not the leader of the band. Yeah. So. I think that's because the information we got was they were, they didn't, um, they, they didn't, Brian May didn't like the fact that the Sasha Baron Cohen version was all about Freddie Mercury and not the band. Got it. And they were like, no, this isn't how we operated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, to be fair, most people are interested in Freddie Mercury when it comes to Queen. Sure. You know, I mean, Brian May is an amazing guitar player and has been listed on every, you know, publication's top, you know, 20 guitarists of all time. But I, I don't think if you walked down the street and casually said Brian May, if anybody would really no. <laughs> know what you're talking about, they right? Wouldn't. They wouldn't. They yeah. would know Freddie Mercury. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be most of the public's in. So I understand why you would want to focus it on Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. But you know? I think this, yeah. I'm glad they did this version seeing the interaction with the band yeah it was it, it, how could you not have that part of the story i mean that's, yeah. that's something i thought the film got really right mm-hmm. yeah well there's the scene where freddie mercury's late again mm-hmm. right like that's a habitual thing and that's when um uh brian is like i want to do this i want to let the audience and he starts the yeah yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. he starts yeah. that and i was like wow yeah. what a cool he's like because he was like remember the last show they were singing our songs totally. and we were like blown away by it. Let's get him more involved. And it was like, right. holy shit. Yeah, that's cool. They were the ones to really start doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely took a lot of risks like creatively, which is, I think the movie does a good job showing that, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, dude, even now you listen to Bohemian Rhapsody and you're like, this this song should not be as good as it yeah. is, right? <laughs> it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know what it is. It's, it's nonsense like, words. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, mm-hmm. th- I don't know how this worked, and I love that song, mm-hmm. right? And that song is one that anytime comes on karaoke, everybody in the place likes it, right? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? What does Scott Amush mean? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun to sing they, it while you're drunk. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what I feel like everybody's at. And mm-hmm. so it's cool. This I think that movie does a good job of showing how much like creative risks they took. Let me ask this question. Do you think it uh, will and or deserves any Oscar nominations and which ones? I think the only one it deserves and will get is uh, Best Actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, I would I would argue, like obviously, like sound, sound editing, editing, sound I, mixing. I could see with sound. Uh, I could see with that sort of stuff. I don't think it's going to get it. No, Jesus. I think, it's, I think that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and the reason is not because it has good sound editing or sound mixing, but those uh, nominations are generally reserved yeah, for like the, actions, the uh, big action sci-fi, you know, yeah. those type of those type of movies. But uh, considering the three singing voices that they yeah. edited together, it, it would warrant it. It would be the it would be the should. Yeah, should yeah. In our category? Not will, but it, it should. Yeah. But yeah, it will get nominated for a Golden Globe for best 
comedy. musical slash yeah. comedy because yeah, yeah, they always mm-hmm. struggle to find those. <laughs> For sure, it'll yeah. end up at the mm-hmm. um, uh, Yeah, I think Rami Malek should deserve it. I'd like yeah. to see the sound sound mix. I'd like to see sound mix edit. And I agree. I think you're right, Grant. I think it's gonna get, it is going to get that crazy Golden Globe. The Golden Globe's like, yeah. always, it's always like, wait, you thought that was a comedy yeah. or whatever? And you're technically, I it's mean, not really a musical either. Yeah, yeah. So. What about costuming? Could it get anything no, for that? It could. I don't, I don't think it'll get it's something for costuming piece. either. Yeah, but yeah. there's, there's going to be stuff that's going to overshadow it. It'll be some merchant ivory type movie that'll come out it'll right. have some <laughs> giant gown in a ballroom that'll yeah be if you know it. if you know that if there's an elizabethan movie on yeah, there yeah vote Winner. for it mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. just going to the nutcracker <laughs> yeah. right yeah <laughs> that's about all that uh, went to the nutcracker over the weekend yeah all right well yeah i just want to correct myself the documentary is called these are the days of our lives like the okay. song mm-hmm. okay okay and then uh, also interestingly you mentioned the the elton john biopic that is directed by dexter fletcher who took over the last two weeks oh, of oh interesting. interesting okay so. well now yeah mm-hmm. the elton john biopic looks there's some cool stuff where like he does a song and then the, the audience um, where he does Rocket Man, I think that's the name of the movie. Yeah. Then the audience starts raising up when he's singing mm. it. Like it's sort of a surreal. Oh, cool! Like I wonder if he'll get fired and then Brian Singer will have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be quite an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so will they cover his mysterious hair regrowth? Mm. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Um, yeah. That's why I'm going. That's the, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I need to find out. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Cool. Bohemian Rhapsody, man. Spoiler up 87. All right. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Put it in the books. Bag it down. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> bag it, that, that it, bag it down. Work yeah. it. Yeah. Throw um, it in a sack. <laughs> so, Grant, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Oh, I'm on all the social media as Grant Lyon 1, the number one, because some other jerk took my name God first. No. Yeah. And my website is just grantlyon.com. Mm-hmm. So cool. pretty easy. Ch- check out Killer Kate. Yeah, guys. thanks. Yes, absolutely. And that's on Amazon Prime? Yeah, it is I'll on totally Amazon Prime. Yeah, and yeah. you guys, you know, Watching tell us what you daughter. think of Bohemian Rhapsody. Since there's four people here with kind of varying views of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, let us know what you think. Go to the yeah. message boards and let us know. Start a, hey, uh, Charlene, start a Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. yay or nay, mm-hmm. uh, message thread. And yeah. let us know what you think. Absolutely. Start uh, warming up those boards. Warming Break up. them in. <laughs> Get those boards hot. <laughs> um, all right. That's our episode, guys. Go to the store. Any, any, any shirt order you buy, you get a free T-shirt. Yes. Support the Patreon. Like and share the, the uh, audio all over the place. All that free stuff you can do to help the, help the channel. Yep. It's all appreciated for sure. Thanks so much. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.